You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Curtain up theater people and welcome to your program is your ticket. My name is Sean Chandler and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. Tonight's show is a part of a new series called Act Two Places. I'm bringing on a series of guests to discuss how COVID-19 affected them and their organizations. As you all know, we've been hit hard with the complete, hopefully temporary, change of lifestyle and business systems during the pandemic, and theater definitely wasn't spared. In fact, theater has undergone one of its biggest shifts, if not the biggest shift in history of modern theater. This series gives theater folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of this shift on them and their organizations. Now, my guests on today's show are the critically lauded, award-winning LGBTQ theater ensemble from Dublin, Ireland, Acting Out. Fans may recognize them as guests from one of our earlier shows. One of our earliest shows, actually. They were very, very nice and came on. And um, I was uh, loving that. Uh, well, they're back to tell us how they're strategizing their ensemble through COVID-19 across the pond. So this is going to be a really interesting perspective because most of my guests are uh, in America. So I'm going to see how it's comparing. So let's bring them on. Hi, Acting Out, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hi. Hi. It's, Hi. So nice to, it's so nice to see you. I'm, very, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, it's great. Thank, Thank you. you. Good, good. How are things going out there? Um, it's tricky. I suppose we're getting used to it in a kind of weird way. Um, but uh, Dublin's just gone back into sort of semi-lockdown. Um, so all the kind of performance spaces, all the art centres, all the bars, the restaurants, cafes are all closed other than for takeout. Um, so that's a bit depressing. So it's going to be like that for the next uh, three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. So good things were getting slightly, slightly better, slightly more normalised. Um, but yeah, it's kind of one step forward, two steps back, really. Indeed. Uh, I, I really want to get into that, but before we do, let's have you introduce yourselves and tell us your function with the Acting Out team. So my name is Howard, Howard Lodge, and I'm the Artistic Director, I suppose, with Acting Out. Okay. And I'm Dawn Denya, and I 
do lots of different things. Well, we we both do lots of different things, mm. but uh, I suppose kind of producing and writing is kind of my main thing. I sometimes perform, sometimes direct, um, but producing and writing is my main things. Yeah. Cool. Did you write? Can you see me? I did. It's it's lovely. Tell okay. our audience tell our audience about that because that's one of the things that you've been doing to to keep yourself. Um, uh, I don't want to say relevant, but active during uh, during COVID nineteen. Tell us about the project. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we were we were wondering what we could do um, within the kind of limitations of COVID uh, nineteen, and um, obviously we weren't able to. We had kind of lots of summer plans, which we'll probably talk to you later about. Um, we suddenly all got uh, cancelled or postponed. Um, so I was thinking I was I wanted to kind of write something um, for Howard uh, because we kind of live together. We're a, we're a husband and husband. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're like a little bubble. Um, so I thought one thing I could do is write Howard something kind of specifically for him. Um, and we'd have a go at you know, filming it. Um, and we got, just as I was kind of thinking that idea, we were contacted by... Um, a guy called Ryan Thornhill. He has started up a, a virtual fringe festival. Um, he actually lives in. Uh, well, he's currently living in China, <laughs> but he lived in. He's lived in New Zealand. He's lived all over the world. He's really theatre nuts, uh, and he wanted to do an online kind of theatre festival. Um, so I said yes. So you know, I've had an idea. Um, we'll do this thing and uh, see how it goes. So it was a kind of short piece, twenty-five minutes. Um, Based on... Let me interject there. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we're here, based here in Dublin, and my mother, my 86-year-old mother, lives in England, and I try and phone her once a week using FaceTime, um, which she's pretty good at, I have to say. You know, probably better than me, but Sean obviously sat here in the living room and eavesdropped onto all of our conversations. <laughs> um as a result, Can You See Me was uh, born out of that. So from an eavesdropping point of view. And then there's also a little bit of fiction in there as well. But um, a, yeah. lot, a lot of the yeah. things that I said in the play, I did actually say, well, we actually said to each other in real life, me and my mother. So yeah, yeah. The story, is, the story is fiction, but the tone of the conversations <laughs> is very directly taken from Howard's conversations <laughs> with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, a monologue piece for for those who haven't seen it, and you really should go to the Acting Out website and uh, Facebook page, which you guys will give me the information for that yeah. later, and watch it because it's um, a a confession between a man and his mother over um, Zoom or FaceTime or whatever they're using for that, uh, where he wants to make sure that he that she knows the truth of his life, and it it factors in so many things that we're all feeling right now, particularly the, um, I don't know when I'll see you again in person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That really hit me because I know that like the first thing when this lifts and we're vaccinated, uh, which I'm think is very, very close. Um, I, I want to get on an airplane and go see my sister and my niece and nephew in Alabama. David wants to go see his family in California. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so does that character did did when you were thinking about it is the 
the COVID lockdown and the sense of isolation, is that something that really motivated him and his, I believe the character's name is Michael, uh, right? Correct? Yeah. Okay. Is that what motivated Michael to say, who knows what's going to happen in this world? Mm-hmm. I need to say this now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think that's, um, that's, you know, I know a lot of people who have had those kind of feelings that um, they don't want to hold back on telling people close to them, uh, you know, uh, who they are, what they, what they think. Um, um, it's kind of the feeling that now is the time, particularly if you've got um, more elderly uh, kind of parents or people who are important to you. There's this sort of feeling, particularly at that time, uh, perhaps a bit earlier on, that you never knew the moment when, um, you know, that they might be gone. Um, so you need to say what you need to say um, while, you, while you still have the opportunity. Um, uh, and I think sometimes, um, you know, having a sort of FaceTime or Zoom conversation, it's not, not the same. You don't have the kind of touch and all those other things which are part of uh, kind of being being human. But um, in some ways it allows perhaps more difficult conversations um, to occur. It's a bit like when you're dra- you're, you're you're sitting in a car with somebody and going for a drive. Sometimes that's, there's something about that environment which which enables more difficult conversations to occur. And I think it's sometimes a bit similar mm-hmm. um, with the with these kind of new new methods of com- of communicating. People can sometimes say things that they couldn't say to the person, in, in, you know, if they were in the same room. Wow. I, I totally agree. And you know what? It's really, really funny, too. Um, I do love, I love the flip of the mother being, like you said, a little slightly ahead of Michael when it comes to technology, look, watching her documentaries on YouTube. Um, and you know, it's, and, and, and calling Michael out on it. It's, it's, I love that part that made me really laugh. Um, now I just have a, a quick question on the video. What is a shirt lifter and how did that phrase come about? We don't have that in America. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure we have it. We just maybe don't call it that. <laughs> well, I, I certainly do have them. Um, <laughs> a shirt lifter is a um, not very nice uh, kind of slang term for a gay man. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit kind of English public school. Yes, probably that's where it came from, but they use it here. So, <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? What technically, what does it mean? It's like somebody who'll go lift the shirt up off, off yeah. of a man. No, no, no. You would, if you were the shirt lifter, you'd mm-hmm. be lifting up your shirt to enable. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> we do have an explicit warning, so you're welcome to to go further. But, but uh, I just, I don't, I don't know. That seems. So um, benign to me. I don't. It, 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 sometimes the 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 phrases when they cross over, they don't really have the effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between, yeah. The, between the continents, and so. But I just it thought I thought fashion, it was funny. Old-fashioned word. It wouldn't tend to get used now. Um, but we, that's why we thought it was funny because it's sort of word um, his mother might know. You know, so. Ah. Probably, you know, sort of. It's a more like it's a. of an era. Yeah, it's of an era doesn't tend to get used now but for his mother's generation where they couldn't actually say the word homosexual you know shirt lifter was another way of 
of um, uh, naming something. Yeah, I, I would assume that the closest thing we would have to that here is maybe the word fairy. Yeah, I don't. Yes. We've had. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, know. I, I know you have fairy. I've been there. I know you have fairy. But just like you've been here, and you know that we have shirt lifters. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that uh, uh, maybe perhaps a millennial, a millennial that wouldn't re- like really register. Like, how does that? Yeah. You know, they 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 think of fairies as Disney. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And I've seen both kind of fairies at Disney too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, give our audience a brief history of acting out how it came about. What what is your mission statement? Uh, things things like that, please. Okay. So we founded acting out in September two thousand and eight. I'd recently moved to Dublin and noticed a kind of gap in the market for an exclusively. LGBTQ plus drama group, community drama group. So that's how we started off. Very small beginnings, a few workshops, then we did a small production, and from that we kind of snowballed, we gained more and more members, and we've got quite a large kind of extended um, acting out family now. And we... I said indeed. Oh, sorry. And uh, (laughs) so we wanted to, to have a platform where we told kind of gay stories um, through drama, through theatre. Um, everything we've done so far has been exclusively gay-themed, um, and we feel that's, that's really important. It's kind of given a, a voice within the community to a community, if you see what I mean. That's how we look at it. Wow. And I have to tell you, uh, just for a little context here, uh, my husband David and I, we uh, wrote our play at The Flash, and it was accepted into the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival, the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival. Sorry, I stand corrected. And that's where we met you guys. Um, we did the show, and I think the first performance was right before the first performance of your show. And I have to tell you, I have never met nicer, more supportive people at festivals. And I've been to a lot of festivals. Not that anybody's been ever been rude, but... You guys came in and whatever we needed, like you were just such good ambassadors and um, there was no competition. Sometimes they get competitive, I'm sure you know, Um, and there was no competition. I mean, it was just a lovely experience for us. It it really was. Good. Good. Okay. So how did the COVID crisis affect acting out? Tell me about those first few days. Um. Well, it was tricky because we didn't really, nobody really knew what the impact was going to be, you know, and there was a huge range of views about how long it would last, um, you know, what were going to be the implications for things like travel. Um, so it was very kind of c- confusing kind of uh, start to things. Now, we'd, We'd had a great start to the year because we got um, in February we uh, we won this award we won a gala award, which is given by I think the, the probably the nearest US equivalent would be the Glad Awards. Is that what they are? Um, so the national kind of LGBT organisation basically uh, had gave us an award for um, uh, arts and entertainment, um, and um, so that was a kind of big surprise. It was a big you know 
uh, kind of function in the mansion house in Dublin and uh, it was a great night and uh, we thought, oh, this, what a great start. <laughs> and then like within days, COVID had hit. So, um, and we had quite substantial plans, obviously kind of already worked out for the year. So Howard was going to direct a um, uh, show uh, by the Liverpool uh, playwright, uh, Jonathan Harvey, uh, called Boom Banga Bang. I had written a new piece, um, which uh, we were going to take to uh, the Brighton Fringe Festival and the Prague Fringe Festival. Um, and then suddenly, we weren't sure whether we, whether we were going to be able to do that. Um, we were also going to do, um, do them in, as part of the Dublin Pride Festival, which is a huge, huge event here now and has a whole kind of art stream to it as well as the, as the parade and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, But at that point, we still, we still thought we probably might be able to do it um naively um so mm-hmm. it took probably a month or two for us to realize that we were not going to be able to do it uh at all uh because we weren't soon we weren't able to obviously meet for rehearsing uh rehearsals uh everything was kind of shut down um then i suppose that's the other thing we found difficult the goalposts kept moving so pride decided it would move to september um, and we thought we'd move the show to it, um, to, you know, to, to September 2, the order one Howard was going to do. Um, the Prague Fringe uh, Festival and the Brighton Fringe Festival decided to postpone to the autumn, so they shifted from May to October, November. And we thought, then, oh, that, that'll be fine. So, you know, flights were booked, accommodation was booked, etc., to to go to those. Um, but as it kind of went on, we just realized that it was just too uncertain that it wasn't going to be likely, um, that we'd be able to go. Um, and then kind of things got imposed here. Like at the moment, uh, apart from about five or six countries, if you go anywhere else, when you come back, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and for people kind of, uh, kind of who were going to be in the shows, that was just not going to be practical, um, to do. Um, so, um, we've ended up not obviously going to, I should be going to Prague at the end of, uh, end of October, but for the show, but, um, they've moved, they've postponed it again back to May next year. Um, and Brighton the same, but they're doing a little, little festival. Um, so that's been very difficult in terms of any kind of planning. And I'm a sort of planner, you know, that's, uh, I'm always thinking ahead at the sort of the next thing. Um, so that's kind of been very tricky. Um, and so we've been trying to do bits, bits and pieces, um, using the, the sort of digital, uh, kind of platform. So we did, uh, we did Can You See Me? Um, I had a, which again was a really exciting thing for me. I had a short piece included in an anthology of pieces that were done at the Abbey Theatre, which is Ireland's National Theatre. Uh, so that was that that was that was lovely kind of experience um for me but um yeah we we're just kind of um we, everything is sort of postponed so now we're still thinking we will do um the kind of festival next year and fingers crossed you know we will kind of make it over to them this time how we hopefully will do um the play he was wanting to do um next kind of pride season um, but we still, you still don't know. You still, mm. <laughs> you still don't know. So, um, 
and I'm, you know, starting to kind of write something else, um, starting to write a new piece. Um, um, but it's been, it's been very difficult, isn't it? Like for everybody. Uh, and even in terms of seeing stuff, you know, which I think is really important if you're involved in this kind of world at all, is, you know, I get led by seeing stuff and, and seeing other people's work. Uh, you know, and it's been so odd not being able to go and see anything, you know. Uh, again, you get you get little little teases. So the Dublin Fringe Festival was actually was on just um, for the last couple of weeks, and they've done all this work trying to make socially distanced uh, performances and performing spaces, and they put a lot of work into it. And they just got the festival sort of over before this new um, uh, ramp up in um, restrictions uh, kind of came in. But the Dublin Theatre Festival, which is kind of follows it, uh, more kind of mainstream for the theatre stuff, that's all just going to have to be cancelled now, you know. So, yeah, it's very, it's, it's very uncertain, tricky, difficult uh, kind of times. I feel like, from what I'm reading, that uh, London theatre has is being sort of pushed to reopen and get... COVID friendly. I read uh, a very, very nice piece on a production of Jesus Christ Superstar that was in yeah. Regent's Park that apparently was handled, handled well. Now that's, that was four weeks ago. I don't know if that has changed or people have caught flack for it or what. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, they, they, they're slightly coming kind of back, uh, kind of in London. I mean, we would have gone to London frequently, as you know, and uh, kind of yeah. to see. Um, stuff and we haven't been there. That's another thing we haven't been able to do the last kind of six months. Uh, but they're just tentatively starting to um, kind of come back. So, um, like the Bridge Theatre has kind of reopened with a kind of a program of Alan Bennett monologues with a socially just this is a, a theatre that can hold a thousand people and they're admitting 250 people um, to see these kind of programs of monologues with high profile um, names in them. Um, and I think that that's doing well. Um, so yeah, the, it's kind of creeping back, but commercial theatre really can't survive with the audience because of less than seventy percent, eighty percent, you know. So um, I mean, maybe that's the difference between America and Europe is that there is much more of a subsidised sector too. So the government here has given, uh, well, I think the artistic community would say not nearly enough, but they have made you know a substantial commitment to. Um, funding um, or continuing to fund uh, kind of institutions uh, in particular more than individual kind of freelance kind of workers but um, so there is there is a kind of recognition anyway sort of nationally that you know, artists are in a terrible situation um, um, career wise economic wise uh, you know in every other way so um, there is some um you know, some public funds going into keeping things going or supporting people. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll tell you here in uh, in New York, at least, and I believe that that 
probably, you know, feeds across the rest of the country. Um, it's, it's been like, we're on our own. Um, a good deal of, of the fundraising is being done internally within the theater community. And a lot of, a lot of that is going for keeping, um, um, actors and, um, tech people, uh, administrative people going, their rent paid, their, you know, food and just giving them the, the support that they need. But, um, you know, our, our federal government, in my opinion, is, is quite a mess and sure. and we're not we don't get a lot of um sympathy from them here in New York. Right. Right. Yeah. Um now I when I when when this first happened um I put out a message on Facebook that said hey if anybody is interested in doing a show about how they're going to come back from all of this I'm happy to do a podcast with you. And I didn't get any response. And I was like, usually when I put something out like that, two or three people would say, hey, we'd love to do a podcast and um, to help our show. And I was a little confused. And my husband, David, was like, this just happened. This just happened. And their, pro- their heads are probably spinning. There's probably a lot of emotion and grief going on. And just, they're just trying to figure out how to get through the next day, much less, you know, this season or next season. Is that how you guys felt? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, we, because of the uncertainty about how long it was going to go on for, what the kind of restrictions would be, you were hanging on to the hope. Uh, You know, as I said, we kind of thought, oh, well, of course I'll be able to go to Prague by the end of October, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, when, you know, this is in like March, I thought, yeah, it'll all be under control by then. Um, and then there was a kind of creeping realization that, no, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be um, uh, under control. And, and as, as you know, it, you have to kind of plan things so far in advance, you know. Um, um, so when you don't know what the kind of future is, it makes it very difficult to to plan. So I think a lot of people have got, a huge amount of inertia at the moment, as you say, because they just, they don't know and they're kind of stressed out just dealing with the sort of economic realities or the new, um, the new way of kind of being, uh, which com- seems to be changing all the time too. The rules around it kind of seem to be changing. Um, so I think it's kind of very stressful, uh, for people. Um, and I think, I don't know, I've had sort of bursts of, um, oh yeah, no, I can write, I'll write something. I've got this idea. I'll write something. Um, and then I think, oh, I just can't, (laughs) (laughs) I just can't concentrate, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, one of the projects that I, I worked on through all of it was doing these virtual sort of recordings of solos from a musical that I wrote with, uh, mm -hmm. my, uh, collaborator, Leo Schwartz. And, um, there were days, because I was I was put in charge of this. Uh, Leo asked if I could take it over, and it was a lot. But um, it, there were days when I I really had to pull from the reserves of my drive um, mm-hmm. and my hope, and and it, it turned out really really well. And for those of you who would like to see the videos, you can go to my Facebook page, or there's a Broadway.com article that was just posted. And and if you're ever wondering like how they how they're doing that, it explains it for you. So let's talk about the future, which I know there's a continuum that's a sliding scale of information that's just 
where the hell are we now? <laughs> you know, and, and it changes every single day you make plans, but, um, you, you're both leaders. You both have leadership qualities and traits and you lead this group as leaders. Um, tell me how you acclimated, uh, in keeping out going during the lockdown and quarantine. I know you did. Can you see me? But, um, how did you approach your team? Mm. Tell me a little bit about that process. Well, it was, it's, it's difficult really, as you know, of course it's difficult. Um, but we just, a lot of people have done kind of online kind of theater stuff and, I kind of gauge that with the the entire group. Obviously, we keep in touch regularly. We have a Facebook Messenger thing, um, and we decided that we decided between us we didn't really want to go down that route. But what we did want to do was maintain contact as a group. Um, some more than others, obviously. So we've been meeting online. Uh, it started out once weekly. It's probably less frequent now, but we were meeting online and we eventually <laughs> morphed into like a drama baking group where we would make a cake online together and then, you know, show photographs and everybody try their own and say what it was like. So, But it was just a means of keeping in touch in some way and doing a group activity in some way without, without it being necessarily theatre focused, I suppose. Um, so that's my answer to that bit of the question. <laughs> Sean, do you want to add anything? Um, no, I mean, it's, it, we had, we, we, we were constantly thinking, you know, what can we do, you know, um, creative wise? Uh, and we have got a few ideas, but some of them are just quite difficult to carry out, you know, from a practical point of view, because it's like, you think, oh, yes, but how will we do that socially distanced and, how will we kind of rehearse? And um, there are a lot, lot of kind of obstacles. And, and sometimes we think we have an idea and we think, no, we won't, <laughs> <laughs> we won't be able to do that, actually. Oh, I've got this great idea. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do. It's a bit like that. So we'll do this, we'll do this. And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes to me and does the same. And I say, no. So. Uh, we have an idea about... Um, because we, uh, again, we were always thinking, you know, what in reality can we do? Um, I've been, one of the things I've been doing in lockdown is reading kind of more poetry. And there's a lot of excellent uh, kind of queer poetry coming out of um, Britain and Ireland at the moment um, for some reason. Um, and so we're thinking of doing um, uh, a piece of people um, acting or performing uh, um, poems. Um, and kind of putting them together and we might kind of release them towards Christmas like one a day and then kind of put the whole thing um, together because the poems are actually quite short um, so people can do them relatively quickly we'll get themselves or their partners or friends to sort of film them and we'll have a sort of zoom chat over um, um, how they should be kind of directed with kind of suggestions for settings and things like that uh, and then that way we can sort of keep people with a little something that isn't too difficult um, to uh, carry through because, you know, they can film it themselves or, um, or or people they know can do it. Um, 
So that's something we're thinking about, um, just as a way of keeping the kind of group alive in, in, in some ways, you know. Um, apart from making a Victoria Spun. Apart from making a Victoria Spun. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, and, but then, you know, as I said, we, we are, you know, on our more optimistic moments, we are thinking, yes, we will be able to do the play that Howard had planned to do this year, next year. Yes, I will be able to, um, take, um, the, my new play to Brighton and Prague and, and, and do it in Dublin as well. Uh, you have to sort of keep a bit of optimism, I think. Um, even to the point of view where I've, you know, I've, I've booked accommodation now in, Prague. <laughs> so that, you know, it's like, yes, I've done it because I believe that we will be going there, you know. <laughs> and I've told the group, you know, the, the, the actors that, you know, we're doing this and you need to book your leave. And um, so, yeah, I think it's important to have things that you can look forward to <laughs> uh, in the future. And hopefully things are at least beginning to get back to normal. That's great. Um, I know that uh, in my, I've done one other interview in this series. It's with the New York Neo Futurists. And that's one of the things they talked about early on in, in uh, the pandemic. They, they just made sure that they touched base with everyone. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, Is, is there anything that I can do? And so they sort of like phone treed, if you will, uh, all of these different um, uh, people that are in their ensemble and uh, people were put in charge of support systems. Like uh, if you need support, let me see what I can do to help you to uh, contact uh, actors equity or, or, or whatever. And um, so uh, this, this uh, human uh, element that you have, have, provided and done is actually quite smart, I think. And um, because in the end we have each other in human relationships really. And so I think it's, it's very, very cool that you did that. And eventually it starts morphing back into the theater Mm -hmm. as we find out where we are today or where we might be, you know, in two weeks, I think it's, it's, um, it's all going to happen. I think theater is such a strong force in the world that it has no choice but to to boomerang boomerang back to rebound. I really, really do. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so that's great. Now, now off topic a little bit because I've had this question. This has nothing to do with theater because you, I think you mentioned it when you said a victorious sponge. <laughs> okay. Or, okay. Okay. So that's what you said, right? <laughs> no, Victoria. Sponge, as in Queen. Vic- okay, so a Victoria <laughs> sponge. My yeah. my question, because David watches all these cooking shows, and oh, yeah. he he watches you know Great British Baking Show, and I'm always like sponge. Like here, a sponge cake is like a really bouncy cake. Is that is that in Europe just the cake part of the cake? What we would consider the cake part? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's the one with, with flour and eggs and, and yeah, all. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just call it sponge in Europe. Okay. Cause I'm like, where's the sponge cake in here? What we would like, we would consider like angel food cake, sponge cake, you know, cause right. it's springy and bouncy. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, I, I love cake and I've always wanted that cleared up. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, 
We've already talked about this a little bit, but hopefully you've uh, formulated a bit more of an answer uh, by reading the script. Um, based on your observations, what are some of the differences between between the way Europe theater is handling COVID and the States? I gave you a little bit about my perspective. What's yours back? Uh, well, it seems to me that it's much more like you're on your own there, you know, um, or you're relying on sort of philanthropy. Um, so... Uh, I know, I know, and we watched um, we watched a few things, um, kind of American things, um, you know, and, the, and they're very heavily promoting donations to the various um, uh, kind of organisations that help actors and technicians and uh, and everybody else kind of working in the industry, um, which is going on here too. Uh, but there is a sense that there is much more uh, government awareness and support for the art sector, um, which I don't sort of get the impression that there is perhaps um, in the US to anything like the same degree. And, and and that's partly a structural thing because even before this, you know, there would be much less um, a kind of, uh, a kind of uh, government funding or state funding uh, perhaps for the arts than there is uh, kind of in Europe. Um I mean, I suppose the other side of that is there's probably less philanthropy here. You know, people think, oh, you know, the, the government subsidizes that theatre, so, you know, I'm going to give my cash to somebody else. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But um, um, so, yes, it's a, it's a sort of awareness of um, things might be more difficult for our kind of artists in the US because there isn't the same. Um, level of uh, uh, kind of federal support as there would be here. I seem to get the impression as well that in from things I've watched, uh, we've watched a few kind of um, plays on that companies have done on Zoom. Um, an example being the Apple Family plays that we watched, the Richard Nelson plays, and there seems to be a kind of somebody I can't remember who it was. Um, a lady was given a bit of a spiel about some play that we were watching and she said um zoom isn't theater and theater isn't zoom and i just thought it was a, kind of there were i don't know how to say this really it was, there was a kind of bit of a grudging begrudging attitude that they had to put things on zoom whereas i think in europe it's been that's been embraced much more that oh this is what we can do instead no, it's a much more positive side to putting on a play. Um, we've seen quite a few readings and uh, the old Vic have been doing some plays. The old Vic in London have been doing some online work. Um, and it's just a bit more of a positive spin to it, I think. Would that be a fair kind of thing to say? Yeah, I think, yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. That's yeah, just I, I think I think you're right because um, there is this, this back and forth, there's sort of like, there's, there's very little middle ground when it comes to that opinion, because people are either like, Oh, thank God it's here and we're doing it. Or like, I don't, I'm not really interested in that. I want to go have a tactile experience of being in a theater and having that happen. And sure, we would all love that. And that will happen again. We We just have to get through this. And, and, until, and, and we will, and eventually yeah. all of this will just be something that happened to us. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's actually 
very, very astute Howard, because if you read like, like Broadway.com or Broadway world or all that chatter, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of battles about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Well, and and, you know, we're not, theater's not the only one doing it. I mean, they're holding the Emmy awards tonight on, on online. And, um, so yeah. Um, one thing that I've kind of noticed though, and this, this is just generally with theater is that COVID has sort of, leveled the playing field a little bit with everyone. Everyone pretty much is exactly where everyone else is. There's, it's very, very difficult to be a theater diva right now, (laughs) you know, know, or to be, you know, have, have all the money in the world to produce a giant musical. We Mm -hmm. all have to do the same thing. And in a way I find that a little inspiring and a little freeing. Because I think it, I think it provides more opportunity for people who don't necessarily have those opportunities to really, really surface with their vision. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys ever feel that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, like, just as an example, my um, daughter-in-law, who is American, in fact, um, um, but has lived in uh, kind of Dublin for a few years now. But she's a composer. Um, she writes um, what she calls pop operas, or she takes verbatim texts and turns them into into opera, but mm-hmm. not in the you know not in perhaps the conventional sense of that word. But for example, she was commissioned by the Dublin New Theatre um, to write a piece uh, kind of for them, and it was meant to be like a theatre piece, you know, on the stage, um, and obviously that was not going to be possible. So they totally rethought the whole uh, kind of project. And she very much worked with this group of young people as an ensemble. A lot of the time, they did have a, a few um, socially distanced uh, kind of face-to-face meetings, but most of it was done kind of through Zoom or you know, online kind of platforms. Um, and they've made this incredible and innovative uh, kind of piece, which the young people were very much kind of co-creators of. Um, and, you know, she's just like an example of someone who has embraced it and said, well, this is not, this is a performance and this is the format we're doing in, in that we will try and make use of the tools that mm-hmm. this, you know, brings you. Um, and it was just a very different way of thinking about it than perhaps I would have done. You know, it was like, this is the situation and we'll, you know, there's a lot of exciting things about working in this way. Um, right. So, um, you know, and that's just, you know, kind of one example. So I think, I think amongst the kind of younger kind of generation, they're so much more attuned to the digital world anyway. Uh, I, it's not that they don't miss, I think, you know, a real live, you know, live audience kind of performance, so, yeah. but, you know, if they're, they're, they're better at seeing what the opportunities are. Um, and perhaps, you know, we might be. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Kids these days. Kids these days. 
tell us what our, our audience, uh, the, oh, by the way, how's your podcast going? Uh, good. Yeah. That was yeah? Like, yes. Another thing we did. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Um, yeah, we did a, um, a, a piece for, um, for the podcast, um, featuring myself and Howard, because <laughs> we've never really performed together. I don't think. Have we? I don't know. Um, but again, um, I decided it's going to write something and it's sort of based on our style of communication, shall we say. Um, <laughs> although the plot isn't, the plot's fiction, but the way they speak to each other is very, um, based on our, our patterns. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun actually. Yeah. yeah it was good. It was good fun. And I had, um, I had a very good, uh, kind of reaction, um, to it. So, um, yeah, so we're, that's another, another, um, but we want, we want to be, have pieces, which is not just us, you know, um, that's the tricky part is getting the ensemble involved in that work. You know, um, I don't want to just write pieces for me and Howard or Howard, um, although, you know, that's fun. Um, so getting the other voices is, is, is harder. Um, but not, but again, not impossible. Um, so yeah, that's another thing we need to kind of think about about using that sort of platform, um, because that's the other thing is you get all sorts of, um, you know, we've had people listening to the podcast. I'm sure you're the same, like from Australia and uh, America and Germany and the Netherlands and sure. India. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you know you you can kind of reach lots of um, people who you never have any idea that you'll be able to reach using these sort of platforms too, you know? Um, so that's kind of nice. And, and sometimes that builds up connections which you never know might be, um, you know, might, might be useful kind of in the future. Yeah. Oh. Brooks says you can make theatre everywhere and anywhere in the empty space. And that's what kind of this virtual platform is really. It's a, it's a gift, isn't it? It's a gift about empty space that you just fill with creativity and, and make something that you can share, I suppose. So That's a great positive way to look at it. It really is. And that's, I think, what we need more of because so many people are just shutting down. And, and, and I get it. If yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't begrudge people for shutting down and not taking advantage of this time. Everyone has to get through it the way they get through it. They're going through it. Maybe they, they've had COVID or some, they're dealing with somebody who's had COVID. So, um, uh, I get it, but I, I like, and I can tell that you guys have total leadership qualities because that is where your mind is going. Your mind is going to the opportunity and maybe not every day, but it always comes back. Like you might, you might, you might have a bad day and then the next day it comes back in your head. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why something like that is, is coming into your brain and, you know, um, and, and, and out of your mouth or, you know, your pen or your, your keyboard. Um, so I, I, I like that. And that's one of the things that I want to, uh, uh, really, um, emphasize here in talking with people is that people are bouncing back and they're coming back. Um, so what can our audience, our listeners, our viewers do ultimately to support acting out? 
I well, they can they can send us money. <laughs> they can they can see our uh, the, they can see the stuff that we've got kind of online in whatever form. If they um, if they go to our kind of website, which is actingoutgroup.com, um, they have there'll be links to podcasts and video um, and kind of trailers from shows and. Uh, kind of production photos and stuff, um, news about kind of what we've been doing. That's probably the best place. Uh, and it's got links to Facebook and Twitter through. And then um, they can follow us. Website. And they can follow us, yeah, on the, on, on the kind of various uh, kind of social media platforms. And again, if they go to the website, they can get um, a kind of a, 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 a sense of um, what's happening and the, and the links to those. Oh, um, they can email us and ask us a yeah, question and again, they, they, they ask can do... us out on a date or <laughs> any of those. Yeah, and they can do that things. all through the through the website too. There's a kind of link there and they want to uh, contact us. Um, they want us to put on our show in um, New York or San Francisco <laughs> uh, in 2021. We'd be delighted. So. <laughs> Well, you're, you're getting ready for that. And that's <laughs> awesome. It really is. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you're, you're getting ready for the, the reemergence and that's, that's, that's tough to face. But like I said, that's why you're leaders. Now, what a great segue. Why don't one of you tell us where we can, where our audience, where they can find acting out online? Give us all of the social media. If there's one location that will take you everywhere, that's really helpful. Yeah, well, definitely the the um, website. The website, yeah. So that is www.actingoutgroup.com. www.actingoutgroup.com. And that's got the links to all the other kind of social media sites. Um, and it's a pretty comprehensive, I'm, I'm good at keeping it up to date. Um, so it's a pretty comprehensive record of what we're doing and links to, um, you know, things like you would say, can you see me? Uh, uh, you can kind of see it on there, the podcasts you can link to from there. Wow. That's so great that you're like that. I mean, I have trouble just keeping my own <laughs> websites. And I, I'm not kidding you guys. Like, I finally got myself on IMDb because of my screenplay. And it took me like six months just to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I had like every day I'd go, okay, what problem do I solve today? And, <laughs> Yeah, it's which is so that's good that you're constantly focusing on that. That's so needed. Um, so that's awesome. Howard, do you help him with that? No. <laughs> I said that without more minutes. <laughs> well, you guys are delightful. I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. We don't get to talk to you enough. It's typically when we go over to to Europe and we meet you in London, and it's it's always really fun even if howard won't do his american accent for me <laughs> which is great which is <laughs> such a it's such a great it's funny we were watching david and i were watching defending jacob have you heard of this show with michelle dockery and chris evans and i was like so analyzing her american accent it's hard <laughs> to accept her with an american accent because we're so used to her saying you know like her posh lady mary accent <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I try to, to get a gauge of, of, you know, the spectrum and, and you guys, he never bites. He never does. He did it for me one time. And then after that, I ask and I ask and, and he's, and as I turn off the camera, I'm sure that's when he'll, you know, start doing a monologue from all my sons and then. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, I'm going to let you go because I know you're you're busy and you're you know keeping things afloat with um, acting out. But I really, really appreciate your uh, your willingness to come in and talk about uh, everything that we've been dealing with with uh, COVID and to give a, a perspective that we don't necessarily have here in the States. There's a lot of similarities, but there are, are also some differences. And it's the similarities I really want to feature. So you know that you're not just there in your house, stuck there by yourself with nobody else doing what you're doing. Everyone's going through it. And, and the approach is far more uniform than people think. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're, you guys are awesome and I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being with us, acting out. As I said, you're all amazing. And I wish you many broken legs as we navigate our way to a better future for theater. And we will. And we are. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows will be taken. So it's time to lower the curtain. Uh, once again, a big thanks to Acting Out. It's just fabulous and sensational, and I love them dearly. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at Facebook.com. Your Program Is Your Ticket. You can look it right up if you want to. I'm on Twitter at, at Program Ticket. Uh, the website is, you guessed it, YourProgramIsYourTicket.com. Your Program Is Your Ticket is on iTunes and SoundCloud and now on the theater website, Thespi, subscribe to thespy it's a it's a really nice high level theater website it's it's awesome and i appreciate being on there a quick thanks to north coast nyc the hip-hop improv theater ensemble that does my intro and outro music you might be hearing it right now if my timing is good folks take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and definitely out of this pandemic Watch their content, uh, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. When Howard and Sean were talking about getting uh, a government subsidy, I, if, if it's anything like it is in in um, America, even if it's easier to get, it's still a lot of work, and it's it can be crazy. So. If you could donate to them, that would be really great. Okay, folks, until our next show, so long, theater people, and curtain. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.